2: And the P is for Patrick. It is indeed. Yeah. i so I'm glad you remember. I'm so happy to have you here, Tom. Thanks for having me. And you know what? This is a special day. It is a special day. Because you're listening to the Catholic Cafe right now. Every so day is a special day, and you're listening to <laughs> us. Exactly. And so... Mostly you. In in keeping with the specialness yes. of the day, we have a guest with us today. Who, we do. Is he special? And I'm thinking that maybe... That uh, he might become a regular here. A permanent fixture, maybe. Well, I don't know about permanent. He's on probation. Semi-permanent. Double secret probation. Yeah. And it's uh, Sam Rodriguez. Sam, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
2: Yeah, look, okay. you got the bob and weave with the microphone. You're doing really well. He's so already, that's a good uh, sign He's that you've got your face glued to the microphone. Yeah. Sam, I'm going to tell you why you're here. Okay, please. You're <laughs> you here, you here for two reasons. The first is the Holy Spirit. That's Ooh. why you're here. You're here for the Holy Spirit. Oh, don't hit the mic. You're here for the Holy... The Holy Spirit brought you here, uh, as the Holy Spirit does so many things in our lives. But the second reason you're here is because the man on your left, Tom Dorian, said, Hey, Deacon Jeff, you know who ought to be with us on the Catholic Cafe? Yes. It's Sam Rodriguez. There you go. He mispronounced your last name. He said Rodriguez, But... Great name. But... but uh, That's is why you're here. And I, it didn't take me but like a second and a half to go, you know what? You're right. There you go. Which I then immediately reached out to you, Sam, and said, you need to be on the Catholic Cafe.
0: Well, I am so touched and honored and thankful and to to you, Tom, and to you, Deacon Jeff, and to the Holy Spirit, of course. So That's right. This so, is wonderful. So I Perfect. thought
2: like sort of our little first venture together as we're kind of, you know, figuring out where we're going to go with this thing is we re- we should really talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why I thought about this, because I needed a show topic. No, I thought about this. <laughs> uh, you know, i I mentioned sometimes on this show that that uh, the topics that come to us. I mean, this is like show number four hundred and nine. I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of shows. It's a lot. And if you, and when we started this thing, it's like, yeah, I got about a dozen topics we can cover. Mm-hmm. I pretty much run out after that. But then, but if you if we trust the Holy Spirit amazingly, 409 different shows, 409 topics. That is there's, amazing. There's, a, there's an endless well of grace, of things that we need to know about the Lord and about his church. And so we have plenty of material, but so as I'm, I, I like to find these topics really just in life's experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that applies so much to people who are listening to go like, hey, this is something I didn't think about or whatever. So I recently, uh, at our, our parish, we had confirmations, Mm-hmm. And so our our bishop, the Most Reverend Bishop Martin Holly, uh, His Excellency, came to our parish. Our daughters were confirmed. Both of our daughters were confirmed. Awesome! So little Caroline, that's sweet Caroline. Little Emma, yeah, uh, you know Emma Grace and Caroline, sweet Caroline. There you go. Were confirmed, and so there are Tom and I, you know, mm-hmm. and of course I had a really good seat. You did <laughs> right seat. next to Bishop Holly.
1: You look uh, like you were taking up tickets too. That was pretty cool.
2: Well, I was because I had to hold the cards that. Essentially, I were the names, I, and so my position there actually is leading to our topic, Correct. where I was standing during the confirmations. Tom, I don't know if you remember, but we did a show about this, I guess, about a couple of years ago, a year ago, whatever. And I was talking about being the deacon who held the sacred chrism. Oh
1: yeah, I remember that.
2: And I, and as I watched Bishop Holly put the chrism on their forehead, mm-hmm. right? He did this the the shape of the cross. He did several times, and I could actually see the chrism like its physicality, it mm-hmm. rising. You know, I mean, he put some chrism on there. Beating on their foreheads. Yeah, and so there was like this this physical presence that was there. And so I saw it from that perspective, and that really just inspired a discussion about, you know, what what was taking place and the Mm -hmm. gifts of the Holy Spirit and how this is a profound and a real experience, not just some conceptual thing like, you should really think about the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, literally, they were being pasted with the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, painted on their foreheads. So this time, I was the the, uh, the deacon that took up the little cards. You might think, like, oh, he's like the clerical deacon. Look at him go. He's collecting the paperwork. You know, someone's got to do the paperwork, you mm-hmm. know. And so I did that. But as I'm standing there, this time I got to see from the perspective of the the, the one, uh, the confirmandi, the, the ones who were coming into the church, or rather getting confirmed. And so as I'm standing there, you know, Bishop Holly does what he does in such an incredible way. Uh, manner Mm -hmm. that it's profound when you when you watch him he's very serious Mm -hmm. he is he he wasn't casual like hey get you some holy spirit right here and uh, then you know peace be with you and shake your hand and everyone's all smiles and and giddy and i'm not saying that you shouldn't be happy and joy filled but he had a seriousness on his face Mm -hmm. in fact he he would stare into the eyes Of the Mm confirmand, and he would say, and the way he said it, he says it the same way every time. He go, "Peace be with you," (laughs) in this peaceful voice. It was like, "That's
1: cool." I'm laughing because our son sponsored our daughter, Uh and he described the bishop the exact same way you did.
2: So, about how serious he was. And and how, how but it wasn't like serious, like somber, like scary. No, 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 no. Like you're getting ready to get in trouble. No, serious. Like this is a big, a big deal.
0: Big exactly.
2: Occasion. Sam, have you ever had experiences where, when someone's tone of voice or or w- the way that they presented something, you needed, you know, you needed to pay attention?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Yeah, because yeah, it's like you, 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 you go like, okay, something big's happening here, right? And for a lot of these. 14, 15 year fifteen-year-olds—they don't realize just how important the Holy Spirit is. But it—it it taught me uh, again. It's just how God reminds me in in these moments. Just like what awesome thing is, happen- Something awesome is happening? Something mm-hmm. awesome's happening, you know. So, like in the scriptures, they stick a double amen on the front of it, and you know it's serious. Amen, amen. I tell you, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you know this is a big deal because it's just like the Jew just said, "Amen, amen." Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But here, you know, the bishops face. Peace be with you. See that right. bell go off in the background. Yep. You know, it's like, it's this incredible, uh, you know, powerful thing. And so, again, it made me start to ponder and think, like, what was happening? Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing, you know, that is the Holy Spirit at work announcing his presence. Mm-hmm. Right? That that it's, and then you think about, I mean, so when, he, when the bishop does that, my mind immediately goes to scripture, and immediately goes to the upper room, mm-hmm. the night, you know, the, the 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 night that Jesus resurrected. Right, right. He's in the tomb. You know, he that that, that morning they're like, "Where's our Lord?" You know, and they're all scared. Their knees are shaken. They're in the upper room, scared for fear of the Jews. It says, mm-hmm. and when Jesus shows Himself, the first words of His mouth are, "Peace be with you." Mm-hmm. And I imagine He didn't say, "Hey, peace be with y'all." <laughs> I would imagine he more like said, peace be with you. Oh, yeah. Right? And his tone of voice that he was like speaking to them in a way that's like, this is super profound. Mm-hmm. Right? So that made me think like, okay, so the spirit coming upon these young men and women, these confirmandi, that's like, uh, that's serious, right? I mean, this is stuff that's going to happen. It started making me think like, well, so the spirit is real. Again, that sounds kind of silly coming from a Catholic show. You know, we're on these great Catholic networks, we're on iTunes, We're all, and everyone says, hey, it's a Catholic show, so we should talk Catholic stuff, and I think we all know that we have a relationship with the Trinity, that God revealed himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we talk about those things, and we say, yeah, we believe in the Father, we believe in the Son, we believe in the Holy Spirit, but I don't think we always realize how profound.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And But Sam, you, one of the cool things about you being here is because, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, you, You've heard Sam pray. I have. Yeah, and so Sam knows how to like just put a dose of the Holy Spirit on the situation. <laughs> he's in touch. Yeah, he, he's he's a lightning rod. Big time. So so I brought you here, Sam, to help everyone understand the concept that the Spirit is alive, that the Holy Spirit is a person, and that's, that, that person lives in you, certainly, but you being a conduit. And I'm not saying just you, right? But all of us should be like lightning rods, should be conduits of the spirit we should be tabernacles of the holy spirit we should we should be temples of the holy spirit as scripture says but we do something with that holy spirit right so i'm going to ask you to put you on the spot and say okay sam rodriguez tell me about your relationship with the holy spirit and how profound it is for you so that others might say like well hey do i have that or do i not have that ready set go (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the work
0: of the Holy Spirit I've heard said is that to form Christ the person of Jesus in each of us individually uh, to in the same way that uh, our Lord had to take he took on flesh lived suffered died in order to be resurrected that each member of his body must likewise Mm -hmm. go through that much as the godhead went through that and it is a holy spirit who is taking on the task of guiding us uh through our crosses and into our resurrections that our lord jesus might be formed within us and i think that it's going to be different for each individual person I've often shared with people that the the question of who Jesus is is a question that it's an, the answer to that question will not be fully revealed until the last member of His body crosses, o- crosses over into the fullness of His glory. Because you're a face of Jesus, Tom's a face of Jesus. Yes, I'm a face of Jesus. Every single person, all of us, are called to be a face of Jesus Christ, and it it, it is diverse in how it is how it's expressed. You know, we don't have... uh, It's not like all the... If you look at the history of the saints, what a diverse group of people you have. You have the loud preacher, right? You have the soldier. Then you also have the sweet, the timid, the quiet, the the easily missed and ignored. right? Right. And each God... You know, we, we have that teaching that grace perfects nature, and also grace builds on nature. Those are two ways of translating, it's my understanding, that Latin phrase right. into English, and I think they're both a piece of that puzzle. And they're all gonna make us look they're all gonna it's all gonna look different in how it's expressed in us. And I don't think it's a mistake that it's the message that's conveyed to us when the Holy Spirit is sealed within us is peace be with you. Because ultimately it's my understanding that the that shalom in mm-hmm. the ancient Jewish tradition of peace ultimately points to right flourishing mm. like you are a flower who's been planted in the right soil receiving the nutrients it needs and the sun that it needs and the moisture from the air and the clouds that it needs you're in, you are rightly flourishing in accordance with your created purpose
2: right so, so a sense of meaning and purpose and really fulfillment right ultimate you are who you are called to be which yes. by the way brings us peace mm-hmm right i mean that yeah. there's a sense of peace there because we because we're all we're looking for peace we don't always dis- describe it that way but you know all the yearning and the groaning and the, the 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 maybe the missed opportunities and the problems that exist in the world right come to down ultimately you know to peace i mean i think when people Say well, you know what? What are your needs? And people say, like, I need a better job. I need more money. I need someone who to love me. I need all these things, and the, and those are all good things that we realize. But ultimately, at the heart of that, you know, I'll I'll just really offer someone maybe uh, just a little uh, advice to to pray for peace, right? Mm-hmm. So to even pray for peace in your sadness or in your lack of what you think you have or what you need, and that in that peace, you're 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 okay with anything when you're at peace. Mm-hmm. But this idea of right flourishing, Sam, help me understand that better, because people say, well, what does that mean? How do I know when I'm right flourishing, and how do I know when I'm in the right place and I'm doing the right thing and I've answered, you know, I, I, I know God's will at that point, because that can be kind of hard, don't you think?
0: So... There are a few marks that I think are, are worth taking into account, right? And, you know, one of the marks, obviously, are things like God has a plan for each of your gifts and talents, and he wants to put them to use, right? And part of our right flourishing is that we're flourishing in that, right? But I, but I think that one of the things that stops our ability to really tell whether or not we're flourishing, right, is that when we're, we're sometimes not really in a good position to really assess where we are. We oftentimes really need a spiritual director or somebody, you know, or, or a group of friends within the body of Christ to help us see in ways that we're not able to see on our Mm -hmm. own. Yeah. Right. Because we're, of course, we're going to want to say, this is good. This is a good thing that happened to me. And this is a bad thing that happened to me. But in the end of the day, truly in the grand scheme of things, because, because we trust that even the stuff that causes suffering in our life are sources of grace that help us grow closer to That's God. That's hard though. That's hard. It is. But if we accept that grace is a good and we accept that there is an outpouring of grace in every moment of suffering. If we accept what the liturgy says that always and everywhere we must give thanks for you know and at that to God always and everywhere. He didn't say except for when the bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what it is is we have it in our heads in a given moment this is a bad thing that's happening to me, mm-hmm. right? We're wanting to, we we're wanting, based on how we take stuff in, want to call it bad as opposed to good. Mm-hmm. So we, gets,
2: just, we just need better eyes. We need and to, sometimes yes. they're not necessarily our own. Yes. Or if they are our own, they need to be outside our bodies looking at us. Yes. Right? And so I hear some Ignatian stuff going on here in terms of like, you know, consolations and desolations and sort of being able to look at our lives and see, that even though that there may have been some kind of bad experience, there might have been a consolation. What was that consolation? So we look at the fruits of something. It's, it's all, it seems complicated, but um, where I want to go next is, is talk about this idea of, of how we are nurtured and guided by the Spirit, how the Spirit ministers to us. Because um, you've mentioned before that we're like we're human beings and God knows our senses and things like that. So I want to talk about that. But before we do that, we have to take a break. Right. We, exactly. We got to go take a break. So we're gonna do that, and when we uh, when we come back, we're gonna continue this conversation. And uh, also I want to remind folks home, we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Once you go and visit that, send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com, With that we'll be right back.
1: Jesus calls us to love those who need it most, the hungry, the naked, the stranger, the sick, and even those in prison. In the Gospel of Matthew, he reminds us, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. St. Joseph Cavasso took that calling to heart. St. Joseph was born in Italy in 1811 with a deformed spine that left him short in stature and crippled his entire life. He felt a calling to the priesthood and was ordained in Turin, Italy, in 1833. He was constantly plagued with complications from his medical condition, but he united the pain and suffering he felt with that of Christ's suffering on the cross. He never let it deter him from his calling to serve as a priest in Christ's one church. Remembering Jesus' call to visit those in prison, St. Joseph decided to focus the full attention of his ministry not only on reforming the prison conditions in Italy, but reforming the prisoners as well. He spent endless hours ministering to the prisoners. Writing about St. Joseph Cavasso, his friend, St. John Bosco, said, A single word from him, a look, a smile, his very presence, sufficed to dispel melancholy, drive away temptation, and produce holy resolution in the soul. St. Joseph spent much of his time on death row, his peaceful, spiritual demeanor led many a condemned prisoner to seek a closer relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and many were converted to the Catholic faith. Once he accompanied sixty newly baptized prisoners to the gallows. Because they were put to death shortly after having been welcomed into the church, confessing their sins and receiving absolution, St. Joseph referred to them as Hanged Saints. He truly loved these prisoners, and in doing so, he truly loved Christ. St. Joseph told us, We are born to love, we live to love, and we will die to love still more. Because of his work in the prisons and his constant devotion to those condemned, he was known throughout the land as the priest of the gallows. St. Joseph Cavasso died in 1860 from pneumonia and conditions related to his birth defects. He was canonized by Pope Pius XII in 1947. Patron saint of those condemned to die, his feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on January 23rd. I'm Best Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to The Catholic Café, here's Deacon Jeff.
2: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom Dorian sitting here with our new best friend, Sam Rodriguez. And also we have a guest. Uh, the Holy Spirit is present here. He is. With us. And so we're talking about all this sort of lofty theology kind of stuff, but we're trying to make it, I don't know, applicable in an everyday sort of way so that people listen to and that all sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. We've talked about things like suffering and things like that, how hard that could be. Um, and I think that, we, that we, what will help us Sam, is if we talk a little bit about the um, the concept and understanding of the Holy Spirit as a person that we have a relationship with, because God is ministering to us as persons. We have relationships. That's how we experience e- other, each other. And you talked about experiential relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that through our senses to know these things, and God's ministering to our body and our soul. And we see all this stuff in the big picture. But talk to us a little bit about the Holy Spirit as a person um, you know, and maybe how he can be active, uh, in our lives.
0: So the way in which that understanding was finally hit home to me was well, someone once asked me, who's the protagonist of the acts of the apostles, the book of the Bible, the acts right, of You the probably apostles,
2: get, like Peter, Paul, that's you know. what I said. I said,
0: I said, Paul. And they said, Nope. And, and, and then, and I was like, oh, oh, must be all of the apostles. Sorry. And he was like, no, <laughs> he's like, think about it. And I didn't know. And he said, the Holy spirit. The Holy Spirit, the apostles, they're praying for the Holy Spirit to come down with our blessed and Father. Now remember,
2: and remember, Jesus promised. Yes. Before he left, he even said, he said, like, okay, this is a clue. Spoiler alert. Right. I'm going to send the paraclete, another counselor, and he's going to lead you, guide you, walk you, hold your hand, carry you into all truth.
0: And you could, yes, and you could even say, like, the Holy, the Holy, uh, God the Father's revealed in the Old Testament. Right, mm-hmm. Jesus is revealed in the gospel, and he is then saying, "Like you have that to be continued from the Old Testament into the New Testament, and then yeah. Jesus sets up the to be continued, and then the third person comes down at the moment of the Pentecost, and then he continues to be the protagonist throughout the rest of the Acts of the Apostles. And if we look at it that way, where the activity of all the apostles and all of all those that with whom that are undergoing their conversions, that it's the Holy Spirit at work in their lives, that it's salvation history unfolding. And then if we see that that same salvation history continues to this day in our lives as well, and that that same Holy Spirit is acting in our lives, that person who is revealed in the Acts of the Apostles... Is also acting in our life too. Well, let's.
2: L- I, we do have to, you know. I, I hear some uh, heresy alerts going off, and some people's meters are starting to peak <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Maybe, in a, I don't want to. I want to make sure we don't misunderstand or, or mislead people to think that the Holy Spirit did not become uh, available to us until the Acts of the Apostles. Right. What you're saying, ultimate, I mean, the Holy Spirit right. in eternity, Father, yes. Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity revealed. And I know you, you, you know that Sam. But I want to make sure that yes. people understand that, like how, how the, the role that God the Father played with the Israelites, yes. and then, and then at, a, at a point in time, you know, when, when, when God, the, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, walked among us, took on flesh, right? It changed everything. Yes. And what you're helping us see is in a profound way that the Holy Spirit really sort of uh, made himself so applicable to what was going on to building the early church.
0: Yes, right. And
2: not that Jesus wasn't part of that, because certainly the teachings of Jesus are, are the anchor. But ultimately, uh, God the Father always present to to the children and never breaking the covenants, always loving uh, the, the the Israelites and everyone who came after them. You know, in this in the New Jerusalem, the church, and so it's really it's it's, it's important to see that the Holy Spirit really in a profound way took on a lead role, as it were, mm-hmm. in yes. guiding the church. And what you're saying, I think, if I, I don't want to put too many words in your mouth, but you're saying that. It, doesn't, it didn't end with the Acts of the Apostles. Yes. Right? That we, we, we don't say like, well, that was lovely in history, but I've got my life to live, and either I have to win the lottery or I'm going to be a miserable failure. You you realize that, well, you know, the Holy Spirit needs to be the protagonist of each of our lives. Yes. Right? He, he's the one that's there and present, and, and we need to w- welcome that. We need to, um, you know, we need to, and what if we don't feel like we have the anointing? We don't feel like we have the Holy Spirit Sam, do we just pray and it just pops up? He just shows up?
0: So what you're saying reminds me of something that a, a friend of ours, Mike Bishop, also known as Bish, says.
2: Anytime we say Mike Bishop, we have to pause for a second. It's just a moment of reverence <laughs> and beauty. He's such a gift. Yes, is. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. We need hey, to hug each other. So
0: what Bish, what Bish uh, shared with me, and I don't know who originally uh, shared this with him, but he said that uh, rather than focus on us receiving an anointing upon ourselves where we're so inward looking like
2: waiting till we get the gift yes what are you doing i'm waiting for the gift
0: right he said instead look outward and see where the anointings are that are presented to you in your life in others and in the activities of groups and others and run to the anointing Mm-hmm. Run to the anointing and participate in the, in the anointing in that way because ultimately we are a body that works together. And, uh, and, and that that's the way in which you engage the Holy Spirit and then you
2: grow in that relationship in the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, when you're hungry, you go to get food. I mean, you run to the food, right? And It's something that's inherent in all of us. So rather than sit and wait... Right, we need to go, and then sometimes the Holy Spirit's present, and we don't even know it. Yes, that's another thing. You know, there's a there's a like maybe a spiritual blindness that affects some people who are were blinded by sin. Yes, Tom, what is always our first recommendation when to do anything like go to confession? Almost every show, and amazingly, when you go to confession, it like removes the scales from our eyes, and and as Saint Paul did, had experience with Christ, the scales are removed from our eyes, and we can see that we we are being anointed. We just we weren't receiving. You know, so there's there's run to the anointing to be um, in the proximity of the Holy Spirit. It's like, hey, I want the Holy Spirit. Well, look, He's right there. Do you not see this? You recognize that, right? And when we do that, we put ourselves in that thing. But even even but if we're not in if we're not disposed or vulnerable or open or ready or willing, we won't even see the anointing that others have.
0: Well, and 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 if we also aren't grounded in the fact that our love has defects. If we're grounded in the fact that God is love and that love is the highest truth in the universe and that we need to put our trust in putting our trust in God, we're putting our trust in love and in the desire to grow in that love then we also have to recognize at all moments that our love has defects and that there's ways in which we need to grow and deepen in our love. And only the Holy Spirit can do
2: that through repentance. Amen, brother. Repentance. Go to confession. Welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Recognize the anointing that is there for you. And you know what? The Blessed Mother loves us. And she wants to pray for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of, of God, God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the, the hour, hour of our death.
1: death. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.